Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Amen, amen. Thank you, John and Cynthia. And today I'm wrapping up the Faith Accelerator series of messages. And um, I, I asked you guys at the very beginning, I want you to, be, would you be willing to memorize a brief scripture over the last quarter of the year and get it into your heart and just learn it, memorize it. And so, so many of you took the challenge. So many of you guys who are online, you took the challenge as well. And now we're going to see how you can do it. So every week I've been adding extra blanks. I put the scripture up on the screen, but I add some blanks. So this year, this time, there are more blanks. I didn't blank the whole thing out, but there are definitely more blanks than before. All right. You ready to do this? Are you guys nervous? He's a little bit nervous. You got to say the wrong word. See, I said a wrong word last Sunday, and 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 I, I blamed it on someone who was on the front row. It's kind of it's kind of fun to do that because they said the wrong word, and then I said it. It's like, wait, no, that's not it. And I said, yes, it is. No, it's not. So we had a little discussion there uh, in, in front of everybody. But I think we can do this. All right, ready? Let's take a look at the notes. I mean, to take a look at this. Now, this is our scripture. This is um, Mark chapter eleven, verse twenty-three and twenty-four. If you need to, to cheat, go ahead and look at it. <laughs> Are we allowed to cheat on this? I don't know. Are you? I don't know. No. Okay, no. Okay, good. Now, if you have no idea what we're doing, you just, just say the words that you see and you're fine. But say it in your good outdoor faith voices. Let's go. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain. Oh, actually, what's kind of cool is that's what I'm talking about today, about mountains, okay? So let's start from the beginning. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go. Throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen. It will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You guys did good. Give yourselves a hand. You did great. Now you just keep saying it over and over, and it's going to get into your heart. Now, why do we do that? this, This is important, friends. Why do we do that? We do that so that God's Word will get into our hearts so that when we need it, it will be able to be recalled quickly. Now, when you were in, in school, you memorize certain equations or you memorize certain words, you memorize certain things, and when you need it, you don't even realize you're using it. You're using that education. That's part of what the church is for. That's why we're doing this. So that when you're in a situation and you need some faith, you need to, you're like, what, what's, what's going on? This scripture comes to your memory because it's already in there. That's why we always should be memorizing scripture as individuals, but also as a congregation. All right, get your Bibles open to two locations this morning. We're going to look in the book of Matthew in two places. Matthew chapter number 17, verse 14. We're going to look there first. And at the end of the message, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 21, verse 18. So Matthew 17, 14, Matthew 21, 18. Leave that up there for a couple minutes here so that each of you guys can find that as we dive into this message. Now, as we're getting ready to go into this, I, I want you to hear me. 
your life has purpose. Your life has purpose. You're here on this earth for a reason. You're not an accident. It's not an accident that you're here right now. Whether you're feeling discouraged or encouraged or what, it doesn't. You have purpose. Your life has purpose. Your existence has purpose. What you're doing has purpose. And the faith that you have been given has purpose. That, that, that is, it is to execute what God wants and what God desires on this earth, and it's not just for yourself. Sometimes we think of, of having faith when we have, uh, we have faith, we believe for miracles just for ourselves, and I think it's, that's fine. In fact, the scriptures tell us we should believe and expect that. But a huge part of this is we have to have faith to believe for miracles for other people as well. And I'm talking about both today, but really, I want you to think more about having faith for others as well, the huge issues in their lives, because God wants to impart his power and his love and his life through you, through your words, through your prayers, and through your faith declarations. And, uh, and today we're going to talk about a boy who was... Uh, really messed up. <laughs> and he was going through a big, big problem in his life. And there were some struggles on what to do with that situation. Jesus stepped in and he spoke life. And we're going to learn about that today. All right. Today's message is entitled, How to Move a Mountain. How to Move a Mountain. And uh, as I was studying this, I find there, there are a lot of places in the scriptures it talks about mountains being moved. Now, a mountain represents something that's huge, some big obstacle, something that's in the way, something that is just, you just can't get through it. Uh, and uh, mountains, there's not much you can do about them. They're just there. Is that right? I, you know, I like, to, I, I like to, to climb mountains. I like to hike. I like to do all of that. And that feels so good. Just to, but but, I, but I've, it, sometimes if you're really wanting to get to the other side, if you're not just hiking, you, you want to get to the other side, it would be great if that mountain was moved out of the way. Now, now that's figuratively speak, speaking, it's talking about big, huge issues that you see no way around. And we're talking about those things today. So uh, get, get your Bibles ready in Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. I want to give you a little bit of background on this scripture before we read it. Uh, Jesus had been traveling with his disciples. <clears throat> And he had taken his, uh, kind of like his inner circle of disciples up onto this mountain. And it was James and Peter and John. And they went up there and Jesus was transfigured. Just a little bit of what that means is that that just means that, that he, it was kind of like Jesus was turned inside out in a sense because the glory of God that was in him just began beaming out of him. And, and that was, that's called the transfiguration. And, and, and at that point, uh, Jesus, he, he was, I mean, just some amazing things happened. I want to get into all the details of it. But, but Peter, James, and John... They were with Jesus, and they had this powerful encounter. They're like, this is so awesome. We just need to build a church here and just stay here. And Jesus said, no, really what we need to do is go back down the mountain because there's, there's ministry that needs to be done down there. And uh, so they come back down. They get to the bottom, and this is where the story uh, picks up in verse 14. Because there's a crowd of people, okay? It says, when he came, and when they came to the crowd... A man approached Jesus and knelt before him. So this man knew very well who Jesus was. He knelt before him. He said, Lord, have mercy on my son. 
He has seizures and is suffering greatly. Now, we don't know. Uh, some people say, well, this was epilepsy or something. No, we have no idea what it was. A lot of things could cause seizures. We're actually going to see the root of it here in just a second. But he's having these seizures. And, and it is terrible because it says he often, the dad said he often falls into the fire or into the water. Can you imagine that as a parent? That you have the, this child and, and this child is having these seizures and, and they'll literally fall into a fire or, or fall into water and, and that would be just horrible. So they've got to watch him all the time. They have to, and and they, they, the dad just wants the boy to be healed. Any of you guys understand what that would be like as a parent? Just want the boy to be healed. So he said, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. So those were the other disciples that were down at the bottom of the mountain while Jesus, Peter, James, and John were at the top. So uh, it's obvious right here there was some faith that was already working. Why? Because the dad had faith. See, the dad had faith to bring the boy to the disciples. And then when that wasn't working, the dad went running up to Jesus and knelt before him and pleaded with Jesus to do something. So there was already faith present and active at that point. But understand something here. There's something else called the power of united faith. Because you may have faith for a miracle. You may decide that you want to see something wonderful happen, but, but someone needs to agree in faith with you. When we have our, our elders and our prayer team up here at the front, and they're praying for people on Sunday mornings, it is, it's not just some perfunctory obligation that we do. No, it is because if you have a need and you need God to work a miracle, getting somebody else involved with their faith, it, it causes this faith explosion. And, and God's power is released that way, my friends. So unfortunately, though, the disciples, they couldn't heal the boy. So there was a problem. Take a look at verse 17. <laughs> look at Jesus' response. Okay, Jesus, he, this is, these, these are some really strong words here. He's addressing this to the disciples, and he said, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Now, again, he wasn't addressing the father. The father had faith already. He was addressing the ministry team. He was addressing the disciples. And, and, and as, I, as I looked at those words, he says, you know, unbelieving, that just means faithless. Like, why can't you guys really believe? Why can't you have faith? And then that word perverse is, really, is a really strong word. Uh, what, that, what that means in the original language is it means distorted. It means against the purposes of God. And then Jesus basically says, I don't even want to be around you faithless people right now. He was upset. He was upset. Verse 18, so Jesus took charge. It says, Jesus rebuked the demon. So now we see what the problem was. And it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Now, I want you to hear me clearly on this. Sometimes sicknesses or ailments or things like that are natural in their origin, uh, it, it, it comes from, uh, you know, a virus or, or whatever. They're, they're just natural in their origin. Other times, they are demonic. 
And, and I've, I've been asked this question before, how do you know the difference? Well, typically, sometimes you know, sometimes you don't. I, I've dealt with, with both. Sometimes you don't necessarily know. And uh, one of the things that, that I learned to do very early in my ministry is when I'm praying, and you'll notice this many times when I pray for, for you as an individual or even as a group, we'll pray and address the situation. So I'll address the, the miracle that's needed or the healing that is needed to be healed in Jesus' name. And then I will also pray that a spirit of whatever it is would be gone in the name of Jesus, all right? So that's, that's what I do, and that, I, I encourage you to do that as well. If you have the power of God in your life, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you not only pray for the healing, you not only pray for, for what needs to happen, but you can also address any spirit because you don't necessarily know what you're dealing with. And, and when you pray that way, uh, th- those, I, I've seen those prayers be answered miraculously, miraculously. So prayer team, I just want to encourage you on that as well. So you pray for the need. You also pray for the spirit, okay? Now, now that doesn't mean you have to lay hands on someone and try to, try to cast demons out of them. That's not what I'm, what I'm saying. But you uh, just address the spirit and say that. That's this, uh, like, uh, let's just pick anything up. Like this, this boy who was having these seizures. We don't know what it was, but this spirit that causes these seizures be gone in the name of Jesus. That's what you would do. Heal this boy in the name of Jesus. These seizures be healed. And so that's the appropriate prayer. Now, the, but, but another part of this is you got to get other people involved in the miracle. So um, basically, if someone comes to you and they're needing a miracle, they have enough faith to come to you. And this is, you know, this is where, you know, you could be at, uh, at work or at home or here at church. Someone has, they have enough faith to come to you asking for some help with a miracle. Then you need to elevate your faith and pray with them and unite with them in faith and pray for healing, pray for miracles, and rebuke any spirit of darkness in the name of Jesus that would be holding that situation back. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. We're Christians. <laughs> this is all true. This is the real stuff here. Verse 19. All right, then the disciples came to Jesus in private because they didn't want to be talking about this in public. They're like, okay, what just happened here? In private, so they privately said, why couldn't we drive it out? So at this point, they're recognizing that it was demonic in nature. And he replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, a mustard seed is a tiny, tiny seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Okay, now what Jesus has done, he's taken two objects two different things two that, that are extremely different. One is a tiny mustard seed that if, if, if there was a mustard seed laying around somewhere, you probably would not see it. So a tiny, tiny little mustard seed and a huge mountain. And he's, he's saying these two actually work together. Now, there, there's massive potential when you understand this. The, the mustard seed, how do you activate the mustard seed? The mustard seed, is, you know, like any kind of seed, faith is like that. And if you just have that little bit of faith, it can work huge miracles. 
But what do you do with the mustard seed? You have to have to activate it. So if you go to the store and you buy a packet of mustard seeds or any kind of seeds and you leave those seeds sitting on the shelf in your house and you look at them and say, there it is, there it is. And let's say, that's your faith. Ah, oh, yeah, look at that. Woohoo! <laughs> look at I got. Look at I. That stuff isn't going to do anything until you activate it. How do you activate it? Well, you've got to nurture it. You have to water it. You have to put it in the soil. The conditions have to be right. You know, the, and, and when you do that, all of a sudden it just springs up and it comes to life. It is the same way, my friends, with faith. If you want to unite your faith with someone else, you need to begin to grow that faith right now. And, and don't wait for the time when something big comes up because those things are going to come. So you, part of this whole series is about growing your faith, accelerating your faith now so that when the miracle is needed, you're going to have the faith necessary. So like that mustard seed, you, you, you nourish it, you, you plant it. And, and it's just like with our faith, you've got the, the word of God. I mean, it's, it's, it's the word of God is like watering it and the soil. It's like you, you, you need to make sure that your heart conditions, your heart condition is right because the heart, our own hearts are referred to over and over in scripture as like soil. And when our heart is right, our heart is open, our heart is not hard. When our heart is soft, when our heart is pliable, then what happens is that seed can be planted and you nourish it and you water it with the word and things begin to happen under the right conditions and bam that's where faith takes off that's where faith takes off my friend it has a lot to do with the condition of your heart and how diligent you are to be in the word of God catch that that's that's it that's it and really it is that simple it's that simple you got to think of the, if you can do that, then you can think of these mountains, and that can be some kind of an in, uh, insurmountable obstacle or this unimaginable hindrance or this huge, huge, massive problem, and it can be addressed with that kind of faith. Now, for the disciples, their mountain was the demon-possessed boy. If they had nurtured their faith, because they already had faith, but if they had nurtured it appropriately, they would have been able to use that faith in such a way to drive out that demon. That's why I encourage you to nurture your faith, the word of God, the, 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 uh, the, the, you're keeping your heart soft and pliable and open so that you will be ready to use that faith when the time comes. And there's going to be a mountain that'll be there. It may be a mountain in front of you. It may be a mountain in front of someone else. You need to use that faith to address it in the spirit realm and watch what God will do. So now on a personal level, I want to ask you, what is the mountain that you need to see removed? What is it? And, and maybe it's someone else's mountain that needs to be moved. What is it? What is that mountain? Address the mountain, know what it is, have your faith ready to go and start using it. Now, I want to switch over to another story in the Bible, in the, in the Old Testament. I'm not asking you to turn there right now, but it's a story of, of uh, it's found in the book of Zechariah. And at this time, this is at the near the end of the Old Testament, uh, God's people had come back and they had resettled in, in the land of Israel and, as, and they'd been let out of captivity, but it was just, it was tough. They were, it was just kind of depressing. And part of their objective was to build this temple and they had put this foundation down for the temple, but the fa foundation had literally sat there for decades, decades, and nothing had been done. 
So people would walk past it, look at it constantly. Here was this temple foundation for decades. It just sat there. Nothing was built on it. And uh, the king at that time, his name was Zerubbabel. And he grew up, his entire life, he grew up looking at the foundation, knowing that here it is, here's the project. The last generation started it but didn't finish it. And what am I going to do? And I'm sure in his mind, he's thinking, I've got I've to muster the troops. I'm going to have to encourage people. We've got to put together a team. I'm sure, you know, as a king, he's thinking, he's organizing, he's putting all of this together, trying to come up with some kind of a scheme, some type of a, some type of a plan to get the work going, to get it going again. And he was just not, he, he just did not want to settle for the way things were. And for some of you, that's your mountain. There's just some things that are just the way they are. In fact, it might have been that way all your life. You say, well, Pastor Tim, it's been this way all my life. I, that's just the way things are. Well, this is the same thing for Zerubbabel. It had been that way all his life. But Zerubbabel thought, you know what? I just don't want to accept that. If that's just the way it is, it's been that way all my life. So what happened is the prophet, his, his name was Zechariah, and that's the book of Zechariah that this is found in. The book of Zechariah, the prophet comes and speaks the word of God to the king Zerubbabel. And I want you to listen to what he says in Zechariah 4, 6. He says, it says, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord Almighty. What are you, O mighty mountain? What was the mountain? It was just the foundation and the project that needed to be completed. That was the mountain there. What are you, O mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Wow. So it was prophesied, and hear me well, it is not by our might, it's not by our power, it's by the Spirit of God, and these things that need to be accomplished for you, it is not by you just, oh, I gotta work harder, I gotta push harder, I gotta go, 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 go. No, it's not about that, it's about releasing the Spirit of God into the situation. Amen. In fact, I, I love this because the temple being completed, and it was completed, it's a wonderful story, but the temple being completed was not all about Zerubbabel. It wasn't his house. It wasn't his thing. No, you know what? It was God's work. And he knew that when God's work would, would be completed, that miracles would happen. Great and mighty things would happen. In fact, there's still today, there's still one wall of that temple that still stands in Jerusalem. That's kind of amazing, if you ask me. Someday I want to see that. But he built that through the power of God, God was released on the scene and God began working miracles so that the temple was built. Hear me well. You, it, it may not be about you just trying to work day and night and fix, 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 do, 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 do. Some of you guys are the best fixers and doers that exist. I know you. You fix, you do. You fix, you do. You fix, you do. That's great. But some things, God needs to be intervening. And then you've got to release God onto the scene. Now, first of all, I want you to understand this. If you're going to move a mountain, know this. You already have a certain measure of faith. You already have some. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 tells us that you, we have this measure of faith already that's there. Every person has faith. So don't be telling me, well, pastor, I don't have any faith. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do have some faith. 
you do have some faith. So what's, what we do is we have to recognize and know you have faith. I want you to say, I have faith. Say it. I have faith. Come on, say it. I have faith. I have faith. And you have faith. You have faith. You have faith. You do have faith. It is there. It is there. You need to recognize it and begin to call it out. And so if you're going to move your mountain, the second thing you need to do is to accelerate your faith. Accelerate your faith by hearing the word of God. By hearing it. In other words, you're getting the word of God into you. You're digesting it. You're taking it in. And when you do that, your faith grows. That's one of the reasons we sing the songs we do here uh, on Sunday mornings. It's not just so we can have some fancy music and people can play their instruments and like, yay, isn't that pretty? No, that's not what it's about. It's about uh, we're, they're, they're, they're singing and they're declaring the word of God that is put to music. And we get that into our hearts. We get that into our souls. And it begins to make a difference in us. And we begin to feel strong. Have you ever done that? You, you, you come to a praise and worship time and you just start entering in. You may, you may, you may be, be dragging in. And you're like, I didn't want to be anywhere today. It's just life is hard for me. And, and, and you just, you show up, but then you're, you begin engaging with the worship. You begin singing the words. You look at the words on the screens and then you begin saying them and then you begin singing them. And after a while, you're feeling boosted up. What just happened? Your faith has been encouraged. Your faith has spiked because you have been hearing and even singing and saying the word of God. If you pay attention these songs we sing are full of the Word of God. It's scriptures. It's basically scriptures put to music. And not just that, but there's the preaching. And so I, I know you guys are doing that right now because you're hearing me. But you receive the preaching. You receive it. And you are also hearing the Word of God by taking it and reading it yourself. That is so critically important. Remember, that's how you nurture the mustard seed of faith. Like I said, I need to be honest with you. I've seen this over and over. And I have, have enough years under my belt in ministry, <laughs> not only from being raised in a minister's home, but doing ministry all my life. It, it, pastoral ministry, I guess you could say, is, is I see that a lot of times when people are struggling and, and with very good intentions, they just like, well, I got to work harder. I got to try harder. And one of the things that they do is they cut out the receiving of God's word, the hearing of God's word. Well, I just don't know if I can go to church anymore. I don't have time to read the scriptures. I don't have time to do any of this anymore. I just got to work harder, try harder, work harder, try it harder. And they might see a little bit of progress all of a sudden, but then I've noticed that their lives, and this has happened so many times, their lives get sidetracked and then they end up in some type of a ditch. And like, what happened? What went wrong? I've asked people before. I said, well, when did you first start noticing this happen? They'll say, well, here, here. I said, oh, was that about the time when you quit reading the scriptures? And almost every time they'll say, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Is that about the time when you quit going to church? <laughs> well, come to think of it, yeah. So these things are important. These things are critical, guys. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this. Faith comes from hearing the message. Faith comes from hearing. Now, the message is the word of God. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. Read your Bible. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Journal what God is saying. There's, there used to be a terminology that was used a lot. Of, well, when I was younger, it was called, we all need to have our quiet time. Well, I'm not a very quiet person, so I don't want to have quiet time. Who wants to be quiet? I want to be loud and do things and be active. Others of you are like, why? Let's just be calm. Like, no, I don't want to be calm. But 
I struggled with that thing of quiet time for the longest time. And, and, and I, 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 I actually personally, I just refuse to call it quiet time. I, I, I always have. But, but I make sure that I have time with God. And, and I, I, but it's alone because I make noise. And I'll, I'll make noise and I'll talk to God. And, and, and you know, so I've been, it's, this has happened before. One time, I, one time I was just singing. I do this a lot. Sing or worship or pray in the car. And I'm talking. And, and someone from the church drives up next to me. They think I'm talking to myself that I've lost my mind. That I don't know what's going on. And at one one time I was at a I was at this this stoplight. This this really happened. This now again this happened like 30 years ago, but this really happened. And I was at the stoplight. Another person was right here, and they were waving at me and looking at me. And I was just kind of looking around. I wasn't looking at them. I'm not like scoping out who the drivers are. And I was just I was just saying, Oh Jesus, I was praying something. I know I was. And they and they caught me at church the next day and say, How rude can you be? You looked right at me and you said things to me. <laughs> and you didn't smile. You didn't even wave when I waved back at you. And they, they were like offended. I'm like, dude, I was praying probably. I don't know. But so if you ever see that happening, don't get your feelings hurt. It's, it's not all about you, okay? <laughs> I encourage you to do that though. Get out there and do that and pray, 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 pray. Yes, it does work. That quiet time, that prayer time, that time in the word, time in the word. Can I just, let me just get off on this for just a second here. In today's world, there is no excuse to not be in the word. Zero excuse. Zero. Zero. Now, years ago, I used to, I used to preach about this. You need to read the word. And a lot of people, especially men, were like, I just don't like reading. I don't like, it's hard. I don't want to read. I got to pick it up and read. Now, you know what you can do? You can actually get in your car on your way to the office or on the way to your job site, and you can click the scriptures to read to you, which is actually the original way it was designed. We were supposed to hear the word, you know? So you can have the scriptures read to you, and you can just listen to it and digest it that way. So stop the excuses. You've got enough time. How many of you have a five-minute commute? Or more. All right, yeah, unless you're working from your house, right? That's it. Dive in. All right, here's the next one. To move your mountain, you need to take action with your faith. Now, this is something that I brought up in every single one of our uh, sermons during this series is about taking action. You've got to take action because faith without action is dead, okay? It is the image of a rotting corpse. That is not a pretty picture, but that's actually what the scriptures tell us. So faith without action is grotesque. It's weird. It's kind of like having the seeds up there on the mantle and going, yeah, I love my seeds. It's like, they're not doing anything. You've got to take action, all right? So here, here's, here's a practical thing. Let's say you have this idea for this business, and you think it, you dream it, you plan it, and in fact, you even have dreams about it at night, and you wake up in the morning excited about it, and you jot down some notes, and you begin imagining the results. You begin imagining what it's going to look like, and then you imagine how the income's going to come in, and then you're going to have to hire other people to make it work, and you're going to be able just to, to, to keep it going. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. But let's say you just keep thinking and dreaming about it, but you never talk to an advisor. You never talk to another person who may be in a similar business or in that business. You, 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 you never take the time to set up the business legally. You never even consider 
building a client base, I mean, because they're going to automatically come to you, right? Isn't that how business works? They just automatically come to you? Haha, <laughs> how many of you are, are business professionals? You know, they, they don't just automatically come to you. You've got to begin to build a client base. And you've got to take some legitimate action. You have to do something with the idea. That's why most small businesses fail. It's because people like start with an idea and then it fizzles after a few months because they didn't really do anything. That's what faith without action is like. It doesn't work. Anyone can dream up a business idea. Anyone can, but it takes action to build a business. And that does take work. You know, here with City Life, back in the year 2011, amazing moment for me happened. And that's when I re received a call during a time where I felt God was stirring in my heart that said I was going to do something new. I was going to do something in the heart of a large city. I just didn't know. And so I had taken some time off from pastoring to just seek God and, and, to, and to look for that opportunity. And it was a frustrating time. It was, not, it was not simple. I'm wired to do ministry. And so it was, it was a pretty challenging time for me. And I got this call that says, hey, Tim, there's this building in downtown Fort Worth. There's this building, and it has a lot of bills. Um, you could build a church there, and it's like, well, wait, you know, you don't build churches with a building with bills. First of all, you start with people, and, and there, was, there were a few people that were hanging around, but it, it was like, ah, oh, this isn't, how, how can this work? Well, I, I, what I did, though, is I began praying to God for clear direction. One of the things I discovered was right after we got started is that the, uh, the monthly expenses for this building were around $6,000 just to keep the building open. Just to keep the building open. That's it. All right, where's that going to come from? And uh, that doesn't even include any ministry expenses at all. I had to, had to take action. I called on some friends and I said, I, I, I believe that this is something God wants. If you agree with me, if you want to come and look at the building, you want to come look at this and talk, talk to me about this, then would you be willing to support us financially with, with a one-time gift or, or a series of gifts over an extended period of time? And people began to do this. We say it set up a creative contract with a coffee company to come in here and actually helped rent out a part of our building so that we could do more ministry, so that it could, it could pay the bills, basically. And... And I prayed, and I sought more counsel, and, and, and we, we, we just continued to, to grow this thing. But I prayed, and I sought counsel, and I stayed in the Word, and we put banners on the building. We put big lettering all over the windows, and it was so ugly. But we had to do anything we could do to attract attention. Just We slapped everything on the front of the building that we could possibly do. And it's like, just, just let people know that we're here, and we're a church, and... and and, and uh, going out in the neighborhood, I would, I would come up here early in the morning sometimes, and I would stand on the corners, and I would see people walking to work. And, you know, it's, sometimes it was dark, and you're, you're walking up to a person, hey, hey, I want to tell you about our church. And like, they're, they're, they're like, who are you, and what are you doing out here? And I can't go knock on the doors in the apartments. I don't know. And nobody else is going to do this. So I'm gonna, I've got to roll up my sleeves and do this stuff. And it took, it took work. We did practice church for four months. We did, we did, I'm serious, we did practice church for four months. Can I tell you something? It was horrendous. It was horrible. It was terrible. There was, it was like, if I were, if someone had invited me to that church, I would say no. After, I mean, just, just like walking in for the first five minutes. It was terrible. 
You didn't want to hear the, the music that was coming from this platform. No, it was terrible. It was a, guys, it was atrocious. But you have to start somewhere. You've got to start somewhere. Jordan, I know you remember some of that. You, were, you came around. You, I said, Jordan, please come and do music for us one week. He came one week. He goes, yeah, hey, that was nice, but I've got to leave. I don't know about this. And finally came back a year later. But, but it, was, it, was not, it was not a pretty picture, but we just worked it. And we worked it, and we prayed, and we prayed, and said, God, give us ideas, give us wisdom, and talk to advisors. And I just said, you know, what... It, what if we just start a, 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 a Friday noon service and serve lunch? Like, well, how much is that going to cost? Oh, that's going to cost several hundred more dollars. We don't have the money for that. Well, we were able to get sponsors for that, so people sponsored it, and we were able to serve lunch. And so people started coming from the buildings around here, and we called it Marketplace Church from 1210 to 1250 on Sunday mornings. And some of you remember that because you were a part of the team, and you come out here on Fridays and work all day getting it set up, get the table set up, clean up, vacuum up, and put it all back together, and then set up the 20 chairs for the, for the rest of the service. And remember, we had sofas and chairs like that because we had to take up the space but we just worked it and we worked it and we worked it but we prayed and we stayed in the word and I would walk around this place not just me but other people on our team we would walk around this place we would have prayer meetings like we're going to have tonight we'd walk around this place and we'd begin to declare the word of the Lord we'd say God God bless us and we would just kept praying and speaking the word of God and God started doing something wonderful remember here it is Matthew 17 verse 20 if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. It's the simplicity of doing something. You get up, you take action, and some of you need to get up and take action and take your measure of faith, unite it with someone else, and begin to receive prayer. And you need to begin, here, here's one thing that believers, we've got to start doing. You've got to start addressing those mountains. You need to address those mountains verbally and say, move in the name of Jesus. There's something about saying that goes far beyond thinking it. You might, you might say, I like to think my prayers. Okay, good. I'm happy for you. I'm glad, I'm glad you like to think your prayers. But there's something about declaring when you say it out loud, it releases it into the, into the world. And you know what? When words, when noises go out, actually, supposedly, it keeps going for eternity. The noise doesn't actually end. It just keeps going and going and going. You need to speak to your mountain, and you need to tell that mountain what to do. Speak to it. I, I believe in that power of verbalizing. You need to say, in Jesus' name antagonizers just shut up in jesus name covid be healed in jesus name solutions come in jesus name clients come in jesus name healing come and you also need to say you spirit of infirmity spirit of sickness or hopelessness you spirit of lack or anxiety or fear or greed or anger or pride or perversion go in the name of Jesus now look at Matthew chapter 21 verse 18 this is one more instance of mountain moving faith that I found in the scriptures this is the day after the triumphal entry into Jerusalem a few days before the crucifixion, Jesus had come into the city on a donkey, had cleansed the temple, but it says early the next morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. 
and seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. And he did something really strange here. He said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the tree withered. And the disciples were with him. So look at this. It says, when the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly? It's like, that can't happen. And Jesus replied, like he's, always, like he's said before, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, have faith and don't doubt. Not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. Get this right here. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So Jesus was in the business of repeating this principle over and over and over. I believe that mountain-moving faith is critical for Christians, critical for us as believers. Especially in this day and in this age, mountain-moving faith is critical for us. Critical. Mountain-moving faith is critical for you to be able to make a difference in the world because I know you want to. I know you crave it. I know you desire it. When your faith rises up and you have that mustard seed faith and it's growing and a need presents itself that may have nothing to do with you, you can join your faith with that other person and watch mountains move. That's what this thing's about. We need each other. We need each other's faith. We need God's hand lives and our families and our city and our church and our nation and faith is what accomplishes it mountain moving faith I want us to pray first of all if you're here this morning and you're not in a right relationship with Jesus Christ before I go any further and we're gonna pray for miracles here in just a second but if you if you are not a follower of Jesus you're not living for the Lord. There's sin in your life. Today's the day that ends. Today's the day you're going to walk into salvation. Today's the day you're going to set up eternity because you're going to be with Jesus for eternity. No more fear of death. No more fear of the unknown. You've got Jesus on your side. You have the Holy Spirit in your life. So with nobody looking around right now, I'm just going to count to three here in just a moment. When I count to three, if that's you, and you want to receive Jesus Christ into your life, you want him to forgive you of your sins, just lift your hands when I count to three, and I'll see your hand. I'll connect my faith with yours, and we're going to pray together, and your life will be changed. Is that you? Do you want that today? Lift your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. Lift it up for me. Thanks. Thanks. Put your hands down, anyone else? If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray these words with me. And when you pray these words with me, I want you to believe from the bottom of your heart that life change is happening. Congregation, I want you to pray these words with me as well as an encouragement to those who are making their profession of faith today. Pray these words. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Wash me in your precious blood. Today I become a new creation. 
The old has gone, the new has come. Thank you for eternity. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that I'm a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.